Well, hello and welcome to episode seven of the Teens Vaccines podcast. Before I start anything, I just want to say that y'all, we're on episode seven of this wonderful, wonderful podcast. So if you have not listened to any other episodes of our podcast, please go back in our SoundCloud and listen to episodes one through six. So you can be all caught up on all the tea regarding us and COVID and really what's just been going on in our lives, which probably relates to your lives as well. My name is Michaela, and today we have Chrissy and Ziara, and we are going to continue our Ask the Expert conversation with Dr. Stephen Sholand. Dr. Sholand is an infectious disease specialist at Mid-State Medical Center in Connecticut, um, and he's a faculty member at the Schools of Medicines at the University of Arizona and Quinnipiac University. So in our last episode with Dr. Sholand, we really talked about his experiences being a frontline worker, during the pandemic. We shared our experiences about COVID and getting the vaccines, really having some interesting conversations about, you know, what we can expect with the vaccines. And uh, we ended on a very brief conversation about what's going to come next, because we all know that there's COVID with her new variants and um, returning to school, whether that's high school for Chrissy or college for Ziara and I, so, Dr. Sholin, just thank you again for joining us today. We also thank you for being one of the many, many doctors who really got us through this pandemic. Um, you really are frontline heroes. And we are going to go back to the discussion at the end of the last episode. So, what, how do you think this return to normal is going to be? Yeah, um, going back to what you were saying, you know, like going back to normal kind of, I feel like here in California, we were kind of teased like during June 15. I don't know if that's how it worked for the other states, but June 15th, we were like, oh, we're going to go back to pre-pandemic. You don't have to wear masks anymore. That's what everybody was saying. And then recently, I don't know, people didn't really know about the variants until recently. Like I just recently saw people posting about the variants and that kind of changed everything. You know, like we started hearing that vaccinated people and unvaccinated people need to wear masks indoors now. So I just wanted to ask, how do you think that's going to look like for this next couple months? Because we heard before the news of the variants that we were going to go back to school in person, like 100%. And, you know, like everything was going to open back up. So I just, I just wanted to ask, like, how is that going to be looking that was a great question, Christy. And I think part of it, though, are the dynamics of all this. And, you know, I think the answer is yes, that there is some uh, benefit now, the fact that it's summer. And I'm sure it's beautiful wherever you are in uh, California. Uh, you know, does good weather sort of help you? Because when it's cold, when it's nasty, when it's raw, you know, and I'm from New England originally, uh, you know, our winters are brutal. And even our spring is not really uh, that nice. Uh, and so is that going to drive people indoors or coughing, sneezing, blowing, you know, contacting with others? Uh, you know, certainly that gives the virus a, uh, a upper hand. So might things change in the fall, the winter, when it gets colder? I think it certainly could. I think these variants have real potential to, to hurt us and to hurt us badly. You know, I think we have to be practical about it. You can see now in Europe, if you look at some of the uh, news headlines there, you know, they had tried similar things to sort of open open things up. 
and then they're getting problems. You know, maybe they're having huge soccer matches or, uh, you know, some sort of uh, huge gatherings that, you know, you got to be smart about it. Uh, like think about the last time you went to a rock concert or some kind of gathering like that, where you were in very close proximity to people. And, uh, you know, I kind of like wearing my mask. You know, there, there are some real benefits to wearing masks and social distancing, not just for COVID-19, but have you seen our influenza numbers, by the way? Totally weird, never seen anything like it. But because of all the you know, infection control hygiene measures, we had almost nothing of a influenza season this past uh, flu season. And you know what's gonna happen this coming flu season, you know, you're supposed to get your flu shots in the fall, blah, blah, blah. You know, the real danger I think is what if we get flu and a resurgence of COVID-19 if we're not being sensible, you know, and I think now we, we know a lot more about that. Hey there, listener. You're listening to the Teens and Vaccines podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at teens.n.vax. Again, it's at teens.n.vax, V-A-X, on Instagram. Yes, and you made a great point. The last time I was in the crowd was about a month before everything shut down. I was at Disney having a great time and just happy I went before everything decided to shut down. But how do you think, you know, what will be our new normal in the future? Everyone compares what's happening now to what happened in like 1918, but I don't think that like century difference gives us a good timeline of like, when will we be able to be like completely normal or will we have a new normal? That's a great question. Uh, and you know, what what is normal? You know, definitely 1918, I mean, what a horrible time uh, that must have been. Uh, and at that time, we didn't have any of the modern tools that we have now. We, we have the answers now, we have vaccine. And, uh, you know, I just can't get around why people don't, you know, find out for themselves, you know, if they're worried about side effects, do their own research. Uh, and get immunized. I mean, when you start to, uh, you know, look into these things in more detail, uh, you know, we could go back to a close to normal uh, lifestyle. But uh, I think, uh, you know, Zaria, you had you had raised the question of what are our percentages? You know, the CDC actually is uh, keeping track of this, and you can see uh, at the state level how good your state is doing for people who are fully immunized, people who've had one shot. Uh, you can break it down by age category as well. And, you know, I don't want to brag, but, you know, the uh, northeastern states, New England area has like the highest immunization rates. Uh, you know, Connecticut, for example, is, is over 55% of its, of its adults. Vermont is something like 60% plus. And, you know, you can find your own state and, uh, and see how you're doing. You know, California... Chrissy, they're not doing as well. I mean, certainly it's a large state and you do have uh, some of these competing interests, but um, you know, I feel bad for you guys because I remember being a teenager and you're know, going to prom and things like that. I mean, these are huge moments in your life. And, and, and you know, I'm an adult. I still remember going to prom. You know, I, I remember getting my uh, driver's license and being in those um, 
group lessons where everybody's sort of learning to drive and it's part of part of growing up and part of who you are. And I hate to think that you guys are, are missing out on that because society, you know, American society is not quite on board with just doing it, just do it for ourselves, do it for each other, get immunized for each other. Because if you do it, you know, then we can, then we can get back to close to normal. Can you dispel some myths that you've heard about the vaccines? I mean, just scrolling on for all of the teens, I'll speak for just scrolling on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever, just seeing a whole bunch of craziness about it, like fertility issues, this, that, like some of the stuff you see on the internet would have you think that the vaccine will make you like lose your left eyeball and like all of this other ridiculous stuff. Can you dispel some of that for us? Yeah, Michaela, you know, I'm happy to uh, address that because, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager growing up, there was no internet, there was no Facebook, there were none of these platforms where anybody can sort of start speaking rubbish and blow it out to everybody. And then, you know, it's sort of out there. So I hate to think that there's some people that, uh, you know, what are, what are their motivations? I mean, why are they spreading misinformation? You know, I, and I'm not even sure where this uh, infertility thing came from with COVID vaccines, but there's absolutely nothing. You know, there's, you know, if you're looking at the science, there's, you know, there's no effect on fertility at all. You know, and, and looking at the vaccine technology, basically what you're doing is you're just telling your own immune system to get ready if you see the spike protein come along. So you're basically, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, like exercising, you're giving your immune system a workout. It has nothing to do with fertility. And, you know, I, I just think it's really terrible that these myths and lies basically are being propagated by a few people and then somehow amplified. And, you know, it's kind of our job, you know, doctors, nurses, Chrissy, your mom, I'm sure she's an advocate for, you know, getting immunized and that sort of thing. We kind of need to bring this into focus because around the world, if you have numbers like that that are ongoing, it's probably going to ricochet back. And, you know, wow, you know, what are we doing now in the U.S. to, to prepare for that, that rebound? You know, I'm kind of nervous about the fall, the winter. You know, things could get pretty bad uh, again in the winter unless we do what we have to do, which is educate. And I feel like, you know, education is almost like a vaccine because if you guys knew what I knew, you'd be advocating your friends, your family, you know, your community to, to do more because, you know, now would be the time to try to, you know, do that homework, you know, get the, get the job done. So if things do ricochet back, which, you know, based on viral evolution, nature could certainly happen. And then you get that effect of the winter, the cold, you know, and then that's just going to be like pouring gasoline onto it. And, uh, you know, it just makes me nervous because it doesn't have to be this way. Definitely, definitely. Over the last episodes, We've really been talking about our experiences in interesting ways. So I was thinking about two questions that I've asked before. So we all like movies. And I guess my question to you, we learned that some of the um, 
other people on our podcast we all kind of like horror movies except for Alyssa she does not like horror movies but um they all kind of have like a twist in the middle or close to the end so if COVID if this whole COVID experience was like a movie or a horror movie what would be the twist for you or a turning point Wow. Um, you know, and before this pandemic, uh, Contagion, really good uh, movie that was quite accurate when you think of epidemics. You know, maybe uh, maybe the twist would be some type of, of hero uh, or heroine, uh, somebody that could actually sort of uh, wake up the wake up the world. And I think of, you know, Greta Thunberg, you know, what she's doing for uh, climate change, you know, some of these uh, activists and you know, you guys are, are the future and, um, you know, what's going to come out of this? And I know that some of you are into uh, film and, and multimedia. You know, what I like about that is you can actually be a positive force and reach people that you never met before. And, uh, you know, wouldn't that be a good thing? You know, uh, one of the points here in the, uh, the chat that I saw is, you know, if people who have had COVID, should they be getting immunized? Well, certainly we know the disease is very immunogenic, which means that if you get it, your body's gonna try to you know, fight back and prepare an immune response. Uh, but for that person getting immunized, gives them that extra insurance. And you know, why did they get COVID in the first place? Are they somehow weakened? You know, do they have diabetes? Do they have kidney failure? Uh, you know, do they have liver disease, heart disease? You know, something that's uh, sort of affecting them. So the virus is gonna say, ah, you know, this is somebody easy. I can go bully them. I can go rough them up. I can infect them. You know, wouldn't I want to immunize that person, protect them? Uh, I think, I think that would be good. So, yeah, I, uh, I love movies, and and maybe somebody will come up with a, you know, a trailer. That'd be good. Hey guys, you're listening to the Teens and Vaccines podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Instagram at teens.n.vax spelled V-A-X. Again, that's teens.n.vax spelled V-A-X. Yes, but we cannot have a movie on COVID. That would, I would not see it. Um, <laughs> make, make TV movie reality look a lot different for mine. Make it look better than, <laughs> than me sitting at home. But yes, do we have any more questions? If not, I'll just move on to my other question for Dr. Solon. Yeah, I, I had a question because um, I've actually seen, I mean, like all over the internet, a lot of people are discrediting like um, the things we've been doing to protect ourselves. I mean, I've seen people say like these cotton masks don't work or these um, the disposable ones actually don't protect us like we think it does. And masks aren't even effective at all for protecting ourselves. And it's more from more for um, preventing us to spread it to other people. So I wanted to ask you, since you know a lot about this, like what's the best way we can protect ourselves and what really works and what doesn't work? That's fantastic, Chrissy. And, you know, I, I hate to sort of hear this, that masks don't work. Uh, you know, and I think this is another time when we kind of mismanaged it. And, and early on, 
you know, the CDC said, oh, don't worry about it, you don't need masks. But that was because we didn't have enough masks. And I told you guys that in the hospital, wow, we were forced to reuse our masks. You know, sometimes I reuse my mask so many times that the fibers were coming off and it was getting into my mouth uh, just because, you know, resources were stretched so thin and we were nowhere near ready for a, uh, for a pandemic. But I think, you know, going forward, you know, masks do work. You know, if you think about it, have you ever been talking to somebody and, you know, you kind of get some of that, uh, that moisture if they're too close? Uh, you know, I can show you scientific data behind that, that, uh, you know, by speaking, by singing, talking, wh whatever you do, we're generating small little droplets. And if I give you a big cough or a giant sneeze, uh, there's actually clouds of material that's coming out uh, that if you're infected could be carrying viruses. And, you know, a good cough, for example, contains about 40,000 nuclei. They're going to drift over in your direction. You know, obviously, if I'm wearing a mask, that's going to contain that. And that whole thing about masks, you know, protecting other people rather than you, uh, I think they said that trying to reach towards a altruistic reason for wearing the mask. But you know what? I'm wearing my mask because it protects me. And I think part of the uh, messaging was, was wrong, was misguided. You know, by me wearing a mask, you know, for these past uh, 16, 18 months, whatever it is, uh, I actually, knock on wood, haven't gotten a single cold or infection the entire time. And I mean, I'm a healthcare worker, I'm in the front lines. You know, usually every year I would get five or six colds, you know, some kind of cough, something like that. I haven't had a single one because I'm wearing my mask every day. I'm washing my hands, I'm keeping my distance. Uh, not going to gatherings, you know, all these common sense things that we've been told actually uh, do apply. And, you know, you had asked earlier about my family. I mean, I've actually been quarantined for my kids, which uh, is really, really hard, painful. Uh, but, you know, I did it for them, particularly because early on there was no vaccine. You know, what if I got my teenage kid infected? And, you know, what what would happen? You know, would would one of my kids, you know, get a blood clot, would they stroke? You know, you might've heard of the uh, inflammatory syndrome where bad things can happen because this is a inflammatory disease. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think all that uh, information that uh, Dr. Fauci had been advocating, uh, certainly by following it, uh, you know, I've kept healthy and I know that, you know, from the infection point of view, it, it makes good sense. I mean, masks do work. I just don't know where people come up with this thing that, that masks don't work. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I believe it's just, I don't know. I think sometimes people just, they get bored. Maybe they need like a job or something because they just sit around and just make up stuff that does not make sense. But I am with many other um people who wore a mask, didn't get a cold, didn't get COVID, but is being defeated by pollen and seasonal allergies. Cause that is kicking my butt. Y'all do not understand. Kaylin, who is also part of our podcast, she had COVID and I know she has been saying this um, just about the entire time, um, but she cannot taste or smell. And she is wondering if the vaccine will help her get her taste or smell back 
So is that like, is it true? Is it not true? Well, it must be so horrible to lose your uh, taste or your smell. Uh, you know, today I had some uh, chocolate mousse cake. Wow, that was super good. Uh, and I had also made some homemade yogurt, which was extra creamy. And I just think, wow, you know, not being able to taste, not being able to smell. And those symptoms are weeks, months long, potentially. Uh, oh God, that must be so bad. But the problem is once you've knocked that out, it takes a long time to come back. And unfortunately the vaccine is not gonna bring it back earlier. You know, your body just has to kind of uh, work through it and, um, you know, recover. Following up on that topic of like long-term effects on COVID, my mom, she was wondering, because um, after she got COVID, she started having like these eczema flare-ups and like skin irritation that happened like right after she got COVID and it like hasn't gone away. It's been months. So she was wondering if it was connected to COVID or it was just like a coincidence. And what does that look like? Like, is that permanent? Like can COVID cause these permanent problems after it's already like left your body, I guess? Well, those are great questions. And, uh, you know, wow, you know, what I've learned about COVID is it's very inflammatory. And I thought you were going to say something about brain fog. You know, some of our, what we call long haulers, the people who've had COVID and recovered, they're not quite back to normal for weeks, months afterwards. And I remember one of our patients was a pharmacist. So, you know, he was, you know, a colleague. And, uh, you know, he had survived. He'd been in the ICU for a number of weeks. Uh, and he was still in the hospital. And I remember looking at his x-ray. His lungs were just fibrosis, like basically rubber. And the guy was lying there in bed. Like when he tried to get up, he just couldn't do it because the virus had essentially uh, destroyed his lung tissue and turned it into scars. And, you know, how long is he going to be recovering from that if if he's able to recover. And uh, you, you know, he wasn't even that old, you know, early 60s, something like that, which that's really no age when you think of longevity, what it could be. But young people, I think of some people who have told me about this uh, brain fog and just not being able to, you know, to think or to concentrate or to stay focused. And, you know, what's the pathophysiology behind that? We have some ideas, uh, but, you know, I think it speaks to the vicious, nasty, inflammatory nature of this virus. And with your mom's skin condition, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that it's triggered something off immunologically. And, you know, how long is that going to be? So, um, you know, certainly there'll be more, uh, you know, investigations. I would want to, uh, you know, talk to your mom and, and look at her skin and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me what I'm hearing about with the, um, uh, inflammatory, uh, vicious nature of this disease. You're listening to the Teens and Vaccines podcast. Make sure to follow at teens.n.vaxvax on Instagram. I, uh, I actually have a question going back um, to the vaccine. So I can't remember what vaccination I got when I was traveling to, I think it was like Bolivia. I don't know if it was yellow fever or something, but they told me like the vaccine can like protect me for like a certain amount of years. So 
what about the COVID vaccine? Do we know how long we are protected if we do have it? Well, uh, I think you were talking about yellow fever vaccine, and that's true that that's uh, protected for about uh, 10 years. And wow, you know, that's also a very uh, immunogenic or strong vaccine. I remember having my yellow fever vaccine and I was out of commission for a day or two. But, you know, thank goodness our uh, U.S. vaccines, uh, Moderna, Pfizer vaccines, uh, these are really, really effective, you know, 95% against the uh, original strains. And are they too strong? Well, uh, I think when they made it, they, you know, this was a new thing and they, they might have made it a little too strong because I remember after my uh, second dose of an mRNA vaccine, I was, I was actually out of commission. And, uh, you know, I work every day, you know, there's a lot of demands on healthcare people now but I almost didn't make it to the hospital that day because I just felt so unbelievably uh, wiped out. But I reminded myself that, you know what, this is actually a good thing because I'm getting a real workout. I mean, this is like Arnold Schwarzenegger making me lift that barbell just one more time and really, um, you know, pumping up my uh, immune system. And we don't actually know, you know, how long these uh, vaccines are going to protect us for. You know, we do have some idea that uh, even now we're not really seeing uh, breakthrough infections. So if people got their two doses in, uh, they're really they're really protected. And you know, is it six months? Is it nine months? Is it a year? Could it be longer? And you know, some vaccines like yellow fever, that's good for ten years. You know, tetanus, that's good for ten years. Uh, flu. You know, we get flu shots every year, but mostly that's because the flu is changing uh, very much. And already the flu shots have, have uh, started being made for this coming season. And they actually changed two of the components because, you know, flu can be tricky. In fact, more tricky than COVID. You know, we'll see. I mean, I wish I had a more substantive answer for you, but um, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing uh, boosters in the fall, early winter. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Actually, I think you kind of answered it. Um, you know, if, you know, now we're going to have to get a flu shot. And also, don't forget your COVID shots, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was just asking. I was about to ask that question. Thank you for answering. Yeah, and um, my final question, just to wrap things up, is Dr. Shulin, do you have any advice for us? Because now we have this platform and for any of our listeners as teens and young adults, what can we do to spread positive and insightful information to those around us about the vaccine and the impact of COVID? Wow, those are great uh, topics, Michaela. And, um, you know, what can I say? I mean, I think uh, that you guys just sort of coming together on this platform, you know, doing what you're doing, being advocates for what's right, I mean, we kind of know what's right and sort of fighting back against this misinformation. I mean, it kind of frustrates me because people that say that, they don't know what effect they're having. They don't know that maybe they've talked someone out of getting a vaccine. What if they get sick? What if they end up in the ICU? You know, what if, what if they die? And why is it so prevalent? I mean, I thought our society was developed. I mean, I thought we had this sense of justice 
Um, but I'm encouraged to be here because I feel like you guys are of sort of making it real to your, uh, you know, to your peers and uh, being advocates. And this is exactly what we need because we need to, we need to really close the book on this and, and we can do it. But, uh, you know, definitely appreciate everything you guys are, are doing. That's really, that's really great. Yes. And um, I think we've all mentioned it before, but I, I personally feel that COVID was a very, the time of, it didn't happen to me. So, okay. It didn't happen to me. So I'm going to go to the beach today and it didn't happen to my grandmother. So I'm going to go do whatever I want. So a lot of accountability um, that needs to happen for all of us. But thank you so much, Dr. Sholand, for all of your great information and answers. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel so much better knowing so much more about your experiences and the vaccines and what you saw during this whole, you know, crazy time. And thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to our sponsors, the Community Health Center, the Weizmann Institute, and the School-Based Health Alliance for their support in this podcast. 